0: I, I just unironically did an LA night. Yeah, and I didn't even mean to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Heel Heat Heaven, and I'm joined again with Justin here. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How we been? Not too bad. I mean, you know, this kind of felt like something we needed to do again after uh, our last one that we did. I thought uh, you and I could both agree. It turned out honestly really well i think we kind of smashed that one out of the park and then obviously since then a lot of shits happened so we've certainly got no shortage of things to talk about
1: a lot of fun man i always have fun doing this kind of thing you know like i told you before it's just a great escape from anything and everything so watching this kind of stuff even though it can get pretty heated because i mean when you're when you're a fan ultimately you're going to evolve into a mark and from that point on, you're just going to know the ins and outs, and you're always going to have your own vision. So the yearly tradition, Survivor Series. I mean, I'm going to have my opinion. You're going to have yours. At this point, I just got to kind of sit back
0: and wait, and not let it get to me like everything else does.
1: Everything well, and anything.
0: You're preaching to the choir right now. I mean, the, huh. the, the 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 Mark status. I feel like it's kind of it's kind of a hit me, but like, I would do a good job of lurking in the shadows, you know, with uh, my consumption of all this. I don't, <laughs> I don't make my, uh, my cards be known as to what I'm thinking. I kind of see what everybody else thinks.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true, man. For sure. I understand. Let's
0: mm-hmm.
1: let it play but, out.
0: No, yeah. That's all you can do. Um, but yeah, no, definitely Survivor Series, big week, really big weekend. Um, traditionally viewed as like one of the big four, um, you know, pay-per-views and this is the last one that we have in the year 2023 because we don't have a december pay-per-view which i'm fine with i think um there is no off season w- in wrestling but if the closest thing to one i'd say is probably december that's sort of a month when you kind of feel like you know wwe's unwinding a little bit as they kind of exit survivor series and then like head into the new year and then like you'll see your royal rumble stuff pick up in the beginning of the year um So this is kind of like, for me at least, sort of the symbolic ending of the uh, WWE year for 2023. So we're probably going to see some, uh, you know, cool stuff coming out of this one. But um, just, you know, I just wanted to ask you, since, you know, we talk about Survivor Series and the history of it. Do you have, like, any uh, Survivor Series memories of your own, like, growing up? Like, um, either could have been just tradition of yours, like, you know, with... uh, uh, watching this yeah it's always with
1: Austin and I didn't mean it to be that way and they're years apart but yeah it's always gonna be Austin because you kind of see him becoming the star and then Austin when he is the star during his comeback so I always think about Stone Cold versus Bret Hart this is kind of the prelude to what would be at Wrestlemania in some aspects it's better than its successor just because it is a wrestling match Whereas WrestleMania 13 turns into exactly what it is and no holds barred, but this is pretty grassroots. It's pretty kick-ass watching the two go after one another and then Austin versus triple H Mm -hmm. and that one for me is pretty awesome because there, there is no clear there's just with Austin, man. I, I have to say, there's nothing more cut and dry than an ass whooping, whether it's win-loose or draw. There's no uh, winner or loser actually in the Triple H match. He just puts him in a <laughs> he puts him in a predicament where he gets him up there and then he drops him from the top when he's in that damn car. And of course, in wrestling, it's such bullshit. Any mere mortal would have been dead being dropped from a frickin' tractor on his ass in that car on his head mind you but he shows up with like a band-aid on his head cutting a 20 minute promo <laughs> h. so yeah man i loved it as a kid i love it now you know survivor series definitely with uh austin versus i, I can overdo it with this because i love it Austin versus bret hart and then Austin versus triple h i love it
0: yeah i think survivor series is, is sort of like a you know the way the way footballs become symbolic you know, with uh, Thanksgiving for many people, for us wrestling fans, when you think of Thanksgiving, Survivor Series has become, yeah. like, a staple. Um, for me, my biggest Survivor Series memory would actually come... Not, yeah, I think it was... Not, yeah, it's about nine years now. Um, I had, like, really janky Wi-Fi at the time. And this was the first Survivor Series of the the WWE Network era. So... Yeah for whatever reason, like, I would only get, like, really stable Wi-Fi when I'm on my computer, but if I tried watching, like, on my Xbox through my TV, like, it would, the servers would shut down because of, like, all, you know, there's so many people watching it, so, like, yeah, they they would crash on me, so I would have to watch on my computer, and it was the Team Authority versus Team Cena elimination match, and this is where, and, you know, yeah. For, for for anybody that knows me knows that I'm the biggest Dolph Ziggler apologist at, like in the world, so it it came down to you know him versus it was like three on one it was three members of them left and then just him, and then obviously you know he ended up making it down to the final two between him and Seth Rollins, and then anybody who knows the finish of that will know that's where Sting made his debut, so I just remember just going fucking insane during that because this was like kind of before. You know, well, I mean, they existed, but, like, I feel like because social media wasn't as, like, prevalent as it is now, like, spoilers were a lot less back then. So I had no clue the guy was, like, showing up and stuff, you know? So for me, that was just, like, really – like, I remember jumping – out of my chair, like like screaming, like that was <laughs> that's so that's my Survivor yeah. Series memory. <laughs> so I feel
1: like any big name pay-per-view should make you jump off your ass. Not every single night's gonna do that. I mm-hmm. understand. Not every pay-per-view, but if you have the big four, so Survivor series, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and of course Mania, those are big four in, in my eyes. Some people say there's more if there's King of the Ring around, but those should have moments that make you jump off your ass, in my opinion. So, yeah, I can definitely see your point with that because it's the culmination of things. And I got to tell you, actually, when you said December, I think it's good that they don't do that because these guys need to be well rested for when Rumble actually shows you need a lot of these guys. Not getting their asses kicked like they did before. New Year's Revolution. They had that Elimination Chamber, which is an amazing match, man. I know they had it from the Survivor Series. Uh Triple H in the first one damn near ended his life getting that <laughs> yeah, I man, getting that frog splash from RVD, who's a hell of a performer. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. It's not Van Dam's fault, but that's kind of my point. You you want at least 30 men to come in fresh. You want to do everything in your power. So you might as well make Survivor series the last one. I mean it's called Survivor series. Come on, man. Yeah. That name itself, let's get it going. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad this is the last big four.
0: Yeah, me too, honestly. Um I think they need to, you know, it's good to let them kind of just let everything kind of breathe a little bit, you know, like yeah. we've we're having like sort of Like for the most part, we've had pay-per-views every month. I think you need kind of just before we're heading into that big stretch in the first few months of the years, you kind of just need a little bit of a come down like breather. Um, So it's not a bad thing. Um, But what we have seen is now this is going to be the second year in a row now that we're having war games be sort of the theme for Survivor Series, which in traditional years, it's usually like, you know, your five on five um, traditional elimination tag team matches. Which were always a staple, but I think even you could agree with me when I say this. They sort of kind of, it feels like, watered down that concept in the last few years under Vince, because typically, you know, we weren't, they were either, you know, it was brand versus brand stuff, which just can be cool, but like doesn't really have a whole lot of stakes to it, or they would just like throw random guys. Like for me, if they were doing like an elimination styled, Team thing. I would like it to be story based. Um, That's just me. Like I can't. I don't really care to see just random. You know, people just paired up and just with no stakes. Like that just doesn't really do it for me. Um, So in that regard, I like that war games is a thing because the war games have been story based. Both last year we had the bloodline match, and that was heavily based on story. And then this year we've got obviously, um, you know, the Judgment Day taking on cody's team of people that they've been feuding with for a while now um which is most likely and hopefully could be the blow off to uh you know all that but um i'm gonna kind of ask you here because i have like my own thoughts on the war games concept itself um that i'll get to but i kind of want to hear your thoughts on sort of um how you feel about war games sort of now becoming the uh survivor series staple uh under triple h
1: You know, as long as it's not Vince, and I always say things like that now with all due respect, because the man pays dues and the man is out. So just like Mm -hmm. Flair said, be the man, you got to beat the man. Who's the man now? It's Triple H. This is his time. This is his vision. Pardon the pun. But the name needs to actually mean something other than a tagline. War Games. Okay, sounds cute. Sounds cool. What the hell does it mean? Under Vince, what was it? because what you just told me is you had a problem with the fact that it's just kind of there, there's no story, it seems very random. That's not enough. This is wrestling, it has to mean something. You know, I I love a lot of concepts that AEW has, but that's the thing, it's just a concept. And after a while, it seems very watered down because I don't really know what the hell is going on. It's just guy versus guy. They already do that in UFC, that is. This is not UFC. It's not just guy versus guy where there's no story other than I don't like him. He doesn't like me. This has to make a little bit more sense. There has to be a buildup. I need to see posters, billboards if I haven't seen or watched anything so I can start seeing and watching and hearing and wanting to know more. So For example, you see Randy Orton on the damn poster. You start reading more into it. You start to actually care a little bit more. And that's what I see, and that's what I feel about this, is there's actual care behind the product. There's a story behind. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of stories. So for the first time in a long time, like you, I'm engaged and I want to see what the hoopla is all about. I'm ready, man. I think it's awesome.
0: No, I do too. If I had one possible like everything else is fine for me if i had one possible like nitpick about the war games concept itself is me personally i I wish that war games was like sort of elimination based if you get what i mean like because you know you obviously have intervals in which like the team members are coming out of their cages to enter the match but you can't actually pin somebody until all people have entered the match so like just From a kayfabe perspective, let's just say me and you started off a war games match, right? And we were on opposite teams and we each had four other guys left to come in our team. Why would you and I fight for like five minutes if we're not even allowed to pin each other? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't really make much sense.
1: You know, in the circus world that wrestling is, it doesn't need to be any more of a circus. So I look forward to what is going to be delivered tonight, or I'm sorry, tomorrow night. Tonight, I hope they don't release anything else because I want this to be, <laughs> I want this to be as special a spectacle as possible. And it's not a slight on Vince, but I will use him as an example because at the end of the day, it's it's his product or was, and he's the top of the food chain and he's to blame or to give all the credit for. It. And I will say that a lot of times, as you pointed out, it didn't really make any sense. And I don't want to be a fan watching something that doesn't make sense. Please rehearse it before I watch it, because I want to see something that makes sense. You know, the Royal Rumble, you could probably make a little bit of sense of it before it happens. But unless Pat Patterson explained it the way that he did it never would have seen fruition and fans would have been upset with what the hell they saw. And it would have been just another gimmick. This isn't supposed to be just another gimmick. It has to be kind of solid. It has to be concrete, man. So survivor series, that is what it is, man. And to me, it should remain the same. So we can say anything that we want until it finally happens. It's got to follow that product. And hopefully the night of it's still going to happen the way that we've seen traditionally, because Thanksgiving survivor series, That, to me, is what tradition is all about. I want to see what I expect. May the best man win out of it. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. We'll obviously get into the, you know, the matches themselves, but I wanted to kind of talk about some, uh, you know, key story headlines heading into this event. Um, So, obviously, you know, when we recorded our last one, that was heading into Crown Jewel. And we spoke about how at the time, Rey Mysterio was the U.S. champion. And we sort of said, like, you know, it wouldn't be bad if, uh, you know, somebody would uh, end up taking that belt off of him. Me and you didn't know at that time that that individual would end up being Logan Paul, which I was like, all right. You know what? What the U.S. title needs is visibility, you know, like. He's going to go on these you know, media events, he'll do his podcasts, and he'll have that title sitting, like, right next to him. And just that alone will do wonders for the visibility of that title. Now, that said, we now have what we're seeing, two absentee champions on SmackDown. Both the main titles are not on this card and haven't appeared this month, um, with now the U.S. title, and obviously Roman's title, are both not going to be a part of this event, which seems crazy to think about like that there's no smackdown title whatsoever being defended on this event like uh what, what do you think about that because for me i mean i get the logan thing a little bit but to not uh, to not have roman work in this event just seems kind of wild to me i i don't know i can't really wrap my head around that
1: i actually know i know why i know what they're doing and i get it and you do too but it's not going to be the prominent idea in most bands And you know what, it it probably never will, but I think the idea behind the WWE is the fact they want you to have this mindset where, hey, look, you have this world heavyweight champion. Hey, look, you have said champion, you have said champion, and then you still have the world title. They don't want you to look at it as a clusterfuck with Mm -hmm. all these other champions. And they want you to look at it as that. As after a while it becomes a clusterfuck. They want these guys well rested. I'm gonna be very frank with you too about this. I think they want their guys so that there's no troubles. Uh, They want less media attention. They want less guys getting sick, becoming absent, getting head trauma, head injuries, or any other problems that could possibly end up in the media. I think they want everybody to be 100% and they want the fans to be 100% behind their new idea where you didn't get this world champion, you're getting this world champion, it's still the world championship. And then want you to look at this guy as a headliner, as the top guy, the problem is they put so much stock into Roman that now it's very hard to communicate that and translate it over to somebody like Seth Rollins, because that title is still something that we as regular fans follow the lineage and it does not have the same lineage as what Roman has right around his waist, but they want that to translate. And it's just not going to happen overnight. But if you look at it on paper, Triple H's, Vision is still clear. World heavyweight title is still on the line. Intercontinental Championship is still on the line. If that can translate over and look the part to you and to I and to fans, then it makes sense. But to not have Roman on it, it's still hard for me to digest, but I'm going to come to terms with it under one condition. The night has to kick ass. That's all I care about. Just have the night kick ass, and I will – Buy into the next pay-per-view, and I hope he's in it. Roman, that is.
0: Well, he, he most likely will be. I mean, it's the next one will be the Royal Rumble. I mean, I would be uh, – if I was a betting man, I would fucking probably put my house down on him appearing at that one. Right. <laughs> you hope. Know, now,
1: for that, yeah, then there's no excuse past that. Then they, they go right back to square one with all the problems if they don't put his ass out there. But right now – I get the idea. You want the guys fresh and you want the other guys to have a spot and you want us to just buy into it. Okay. Give me a hell of a show and I won't see the difference. I'll see your point, but come rumble time and come the others, then dude, you got a mania to sell. That ain't going to sell me shit until I start seeing it.
0: Well, you know, since we're on the topic of people showing up, I, you know, it's probably best we address the elephant in the room. You know, you're, you're, you're uh, originally from this hometown city. So, you're probably very much so, uh, you know, you could probably attest to what this crowd will probably be like tomorrow for the certain individual. Uh, if or if he doesn't show up, regardless, he'll play a factor in the night. That's how, you know, big enough. Of, yeah, this is how big of an effect this individual has. Um, CM Punk has been, you know, the one of, if not the, you know, main story amongst the you know, the wrestling Internet for the last several months. And honestly, this is going to be a photo finish you know, whether or not we see him tomorrow night um, in Chicago. Um, my my thing is, I think that even if it's not tomorrow, I think if it's not tomorrow, it'll be the Rumble. Um, and if not the Rumble, it'll be at some point. I don't think it's a matter of if as it is when. The last thing that I'm hearing is actually that he had a uh, meeting with WWE higher-ups. And one thing to keep into consideration here is for the last several weeks, people have been noticing this. Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. has been cutting these really cryptic uh promos talking about c- wanting to, you know, face this certain individual, but he he's never specifying who and he's like uh, saying yeah. like specific teases and words that would somewhat symbolize like CM Punk and he's even used like the go to sleep uh on certain people <laughs> in his <laughs> matches. So like for no. me, honestly, I mean, if he was to show up tomorrow, I think a a good play to make here was I don't know if you remember when Cody first made his return you know how Seth was facing like it was like a mystery open challenge opponent I think that would be a cool play to that'd be a cool play to make if you just have like Shinsuke Nakamura come out and issue an open challenge and then Punk's the one to answer it I think if you were to bring him back I think that's the safest play to make but you know whether we see him or not is one question but. It's certainly going to be on the the minds of everybody in that arena tomorrow.
1: It's on mine right now, man. You know, we're in the goofy-ass world of wrestling. So I've seen when they've played with the fans, they had the fake Diesel and the Razor Ramon. They played us that. And there was no real Diesel, no real Razor until many years later. They Mm -hmm. come back. Anything can happen in wrestling. I was also in the arena. I think this was, don't quote me, no mercy back in 07 and the main event had Triple H and Randy Orton. And I remember being in that crowd and people were chanting for Y2J. And Vince actually answered the crowd that night and said, he's not coming back. He, (laughs) yeah, he definitely ended up coming back. Not that night, but he did. So for someone to say that CM Punk is never gonna come back, I would bet money. Tomorrow, he actually shows up. It would just make a little bit more sense in Chicago and then actually have a buildup in the Royal Rumble. But it's not a bad idea for him should he choose the Rumble to appear. That being said, ultimately, I don't see him not showing up in the WWE. I think that the timing is right, and especially since he's got a guy who can go with him at this point. That would be the perfect rivalry. We've seen Punk all throughout his career go against guys who can go toe for toe, the kind of style which he exhibits. So mm. I think without Bora, he'd be able to have some killer matches. That would be a great crossover, too, for guys who like Japanese style or they like that hardcore style. These guys can tear the damn house down. So I, I want to see that. We all want to see it. But if, in my heart, I, I feel like to, or tomorrow night would be the best night for him to
0: show up. Yeah, I mean... Even if it's tomorrow or the Rumble, either way, we're, it's going to be symbolic because if it's tomorrow, it's in Chicago, it's where you know he's known for, it's where he's from, and if it's the Rumble, it'd be exactly ten years to the day that he last exited WWE because it was 2014 Royal Rumble when uh, you know it all went down. But um, either way, it'd be symbolic. But like to your point that you just said, I think he's showing up. It's a matter of when. Um, not really if at this point. Um, I think that under this current regime and management, that's n- that's like not entirely a Vince McMahon-run like company now. I think now they're more receptive and open to the, the ideas and actually listen to the fans more, as opposed to like sort of, you know, most of the 2010s under Vince, because wow. there was really just one man and one man's vision only. Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, you know, one guy that we do know is showing up, um Randy Orton. They actually, you know, announced him ahead of time. He had, he didn't actually show up on Monday, but they, you know, made us made it known that he will be there on Saturday. Um this is actually going to be Orton's, you know, first appearance in a year and a half. It was May of 2022 when we last saw him and something i found very fascinating about his reveal when cody made that announcement we all know that jay uso is now a uh, baby face but when randy orton was last in the wwe his last moments on television was losing the tag titles to the bloodline and then getting beat down by the bloodline after the match and when they made the announcement on monday all the other guys on cody's team were all hyped up and happy and smiling they zoomed in on Jay's face and he was like, like looked like he had seen a ghost. So the fact that under Triple H, they're acknowledging the past and yes. like having having storyline continuity, because I mean, I'm not just trying to beat around the bush here. Let's just kind of call for what it is. If this was under Vince McMahon, they would try to like pull the blinders over the fans and almost make you believe that like what happened in the past between them didn't exist, which. No, no, right gonna... <laughs>
1: You just have to talk about it with your buddies at home and be like, wait a minute. But that's the extent of it, is now we're actually seeing a little realism and a little, like, Easter egg, if you will, for guys who are Marks, have some fun with it, and then say, oh, shit, this is a little bit better than I would have expected. I like I, I like Triple H for little Easter eggs like this. This is This is going to make a little bit more sense. Now we actually got something worth talking about.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, I wouldn't honestly, you know, and we'll talk about it once we talk about the match itself, but I think that the direction in which they're probably going to go in here is I'm assuming that we're either headed towards like a full-blown feud, I'm assuming between Jay and Randy at some point, um, which that doesn't even need really a face or a heel. If you just follow the simple guidelines of like a man-to-man thing, like, hey, I I didn't forget like what you did to me like 18 months ago, (laughs) like you almost ended my career. That's a fair like, that's a fair argument, and then Jay's gonna to have to like kind of prove to Orton that he's sorry for what he did to him and that he's changed, and that's gonna be a, a hell of a dynamic to see on television. Because if you followed uh, recent developments, they executed Drew McIntyre's heel turn like to perfection, beautifully. I'd say like Drew McIntyre's heel turn um, was probably the best written heel turn of like the last like ten years or so. Ten out of ten.
1: He knew exactly what he was going to do, and I feel like he's been waiting for it for a long time because it was almost too perfect. I can feel like this guy has been practicing in the mirror for about 10 years waiting for this to happen. You know, heel is the way to go for a lot of guys. They have a lot more fun doing it, and it just comes with ease, and you saw it in his eyes, this guy is just an actor. He is an actor's actor, and thank God, actually, we've been able to see a side of him like this because – Now you got a little bit more sensibility as to, like, what he can do with other people and not just have guy versus guy. Now you have him against Randy Orton all the way over there on the other end of the quarter, and it makes sense. And I don't want to get into it until we start talking a little bit more, but I do want to throw that out there that his heel turn makes sense, and it opens the door for other heel turns.
0: Right. Well, uh, last last sort of, like, I guess, main headline before we run down through the matches themselves. As of this very moment, um, LA Knight does not have a spot on the show, and neither does any of the bloodline. Well, obviously, I'm not including Jay, of course, but I don't don't really count him right now as a part of the bloodline. Just specifically talking, like, um, you know, Roman Solo and Jimmy. Um, Do you you feel like, you know, it's needed for LA Knight to kind of be on the, the card, or do you feel like... If he doesn't have a you know spot on the card, he'll be fine if they just keep building up strong, heading into the rumble.
1: Well, it makes sense for him to be on the card because... He from a fan, a fan, fan. perspective. Yeah. From a fan perspective, absolutely. However... That's the thing is we're talking about LA Knight. We're not talking about him versus anybody else because who is he really caught up with? He's caught up with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns isn't going to be there and it would detract from the fact there's already another title. And LA Knight's already a top contender for the title. He wouldn't go for anything but that strap. Can't really transfer over and have a rivalry with Seth because it kind of waters down Roman like, okay, I'm not good enough to beat you. Maybe I'm good enough to beat you. It gets down to the nitty gritty. It's too complicated to have him, and it makes more sense to want him. Right. So now we have him not up in limbo, but now we have him in a place instead of predicament. I'm just hoping as a fan we get to actually see him. There has to be some interaction. And I hope it's not just a backstage segment, but I'll take whatever. I like to see a little relevancy, and this guy puts asses in seats. And I think is the hottest thing going on right now, so you might as well have him out there performing to some extent because you want him to stay relevant and sell and sell and sell.
0: Right. Maybe they do like a Grayson Waller effect or some shit with him. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I keep my fingers crossed, man. Yeah, I really do. This guy is—he's hot. He's a 10 out of 10. He's got this great, great look and this great sound. He's just got this great connection with the fans. To not have him would have a huge effect in my eyes. The same as not having the Rock on for a night. You cannot have the Rock at the peak of his career, the peak of his powers and not even have an explanation. Makes no yeah. damn sense. And it's a slap in the face to the Rock. In this mm-hmm. case LA Knight did not have that relevancy spot. Just my opinion.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we could run down through these matches themselves. Um, and then we'll give our predictions as to like sort of who we feel is going to win and kind of like how we feel it should go down. Um it's a five-match card, which you know, I think kind of makes sense given the fact that we've got two war games matches on this card, one for the for the women and one for the men. Those take up a lot of time. So you kind of like, you know, that makes sense to keep it down to five matches and you know, like give time to these things and let them kind of flesh out. Um We'll start talking about the women's war games match, and the reason why I brought up before about kind of continuity with the story and remembering the past is because we just recently saw the return of Kyrie Sane, and you know she was last seen a couple of years ago in her first the end of her first WWE run. She was actually taken out of commission by Bailey, and now Bailey's uh, you know the leader of the group where like her her you know her friend you know Sky, who's the champion, is a part of, and then now we've seen Oscar, who used to be in a tag team with uh, Kyrie, and they're all kind of now in damage control. This yes. to me, though, if I'm looking like ahead in the long game, this to me, and we could even see it as soon as tomorrow. Bailey's getting axed from this thing, dude, and she's go <laughs> she's going babyface after this. That's what I think's happening.
1: I think a lot of people want to see that happen, too, because she's got a lot of spunk, she's got a lot of character, she's got a lot of charisma, and too many people actually like her, and it's to the point where it only makes sense, but how does it make sense to make her not a heel anymore? How do you do it? You got to have the fans root for her, but have a reason to root for her, other than she's just funny or a cool heel, or now she has no other choice. And it's funny, because a lot of people wish some of the top guys, they wish they were this popular, where they have this problem where you can't help but listen to the fans. The fans are cheering for you. So now you have no choice but to turn face. I actually agree with you. Um, I don't think it matters whether they win, lose, draw tonight. I think that she needs to make a mistake. They need to kick her ass. And they need to kick her ass out. It would be beneficial. It would be hoove ladies if they would acknowledge her i'm talking about her opponents you should have charlotte you should have becky you should have everybody acknowledge the fact that she's one of them but that's in a perfect world that's the world i see i i see it as a fan is it going to happen tonight i don't know sometimes i still fear in vince's world we're gonna get what vince wants and what vince wants vince gets so i don't really know man but in in my eyes I think she should turn face and uh there should be a lot more to come because the the damage control i think can live on its own it makes sense they can go but can they go without her i think that makes more sense too can they go without her
0: well you've got dakota kai too who's like kind of recovering from an acl right now i don't i'm not sure what her timeline looks like but like once she's back i could see her serving as like the mouthpiece of that group once they kick bailey out so I mean, that's probably in play. Bailey for me, is sort of like the female Miz. This entire year, just for the last year, I should say, she's basically done great work, but she's been kind of responsible for elevating the other talent around her. Um, So I think she kind of deserves her just due here. And if we were to turn her face, I think I, I don't want to see the hugger version of her again. I want to see like a more like human um sort of real interact uh or iteration of her as a as a as a face um so for me the long if i'm playing the long game here i would have her get kicked out and uh she's who i would have win the uh you know women's royal rumble and face eo for that belt at mania oh wow that's, that's how i would do it
1: yeah that's actually a good pick for me personally i have to see her do a little bit more than being the face and mouthpiece. Cause I feel like she's she's the headliner for the whole group. But the problem with that is that at some point it's gonna be watered down. Everybody's gonna depend on you. And at the end of the day, you're a superstar. You're not Paul Heyman. You run the risk of becoming Paul Heyman. Not that she can't go one-on-one. My point is though, is that after a while, you're on such a, a kick with the fans. They want to see you turn face. If she doesn't turn face, they will get irritated and bored with her. Mm-hmm. Now's the time, man. You, you got to go right when the wave's coming. So we'll right. see. That's something that I look forward to is seeing when you actually answer the call, when the fans are right behind
0: you. So I'm I'm waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. Well, as for who I think will win and should win, I think damage control needs this win more than the uh, babyface side of things because, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of ladies just kind of thrown uh, on a team together. Like, yeah, you know, like this is an actual <laughs> faction here. We just saw like Kyrie yeah. Sane return. We just saw Oscar um, join the group for help. For I mean, for hell's sake. The champion is literally on damage controls team with EO sky. They, I think they need this win um, from a morale and just momentum standpoint. That's who I think will ultimately get the win. Where's your head at? You
1: know, I was thinking that, but honestly, I can see, I like to call them the legends, all Mm -hmm. the faces. You got the legends on the other side. I'm not discrediting, but I can see it being a feel good night. Kind of like uh, an 80s a la Hogan Mm -hmm. kind of finish where the good guys win. It's Survivor Series. Nine times out of ten, this happens. I mean, I told you one of my favorite matches was Bret Hart versus Stone Cold. Bret Hart was the one who won at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. The good guy won. And I told you Stone Cold versus Triple H. Fans kind of got what they wanted. Stone Cold came out at least looking like the victor. I can see the good guys winning at the end of the day and that causing a little bit of confusion among damage control part of the fun they're going to have a little damage control that being a little bit more of the easy route of kicking bailey out but i just think that it makes more sense because it's a bigger name pay-per-view you're going to have people watching this that don't actually watch wrestling because so many fans are going to be ordering it's only going to make sense for them to see something That isn't so uh, complicated. And it makes Mm -hmm. sense for these to kind of fight among each other if the faces beat them cleanly. And then you have that muck in the end where it's kick her ass out. And then maybe even the faces come in and save them. I think that's the safer route with a big name pay per view.
0: Yeah, I could see it from both different perspectives. It's actually probably one of the harder matches for me to predict. Um, But, uh, you know, moving on to. We've got, since we talked about heel turns earlier, um, I will say, was not the biggest fan. Actually, I would go as far as to say I wasn't a fan at all of the LW, or the newest iteration of the LWO. Not the
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just was what it was. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's no skin off my back to kind of see that they're no longer a thing. Um, but I will say, to their credit, I thought that they actually did Santos Escobar's uh heel turn very well and yeah. holy smokes dude I don't know if you saw any like clips on social media from his promo last week Yeah, yeah. Mysterio Rey Mysterio has an, a legit you know torn meniscus that he just got surgery on in real life like not not a not not kayfabe um and Santos went on the mic last week and was like I hope your leg gets infected and has to get amputated. Like holy oh, shit! Like this is some shit. That's you would not... wrestling,
1: baby. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you learn brownie points for me from a statement like that, but um, you know, he's he's squaring off with Carlito on this pay per view. Um, and for me, I mean, again, sort of a match that I feel like you could have just done on SmackDown. Um, doesn't really feel like a Survivor Series match to me. But that being said, it's a big show, and given the fact that there's two war games matches, you need buffer matches for guys to just kind of go. With all due respectfully, of course, I'm not trying to you know discredit these people, but you kind of need your buffer match where you know people are going up using the restroom or getting like you know a bite to eat in between to kind of you know move around a little bit out of their seat and kind of like digest what we just saw so i'm assuming this will probably be put into like the nosebleed spot which will be like the second match of the night or like either the second to last you know probably what we're going to be seeing here unfortunately um but as for who i think it's going to win i think santos is going to pick up this win i think
1: i think so too and i'm glad that you said that because i think it's on the minds of a lot of people is that this is going to be a match where you actually wake your feet up You know, you are not going to sit down and care too much. Other than the fact that this guy might be a rising star, but he's going up against a guy who Carlito, with all due respect, is a quasi legend. He's kind of a nostalgic act. He doesn't care too much because, frankly, he never has. That was something that he and John Cena got in a big fight about maybe – 15 years ago in the bar because Carlito didn't show enough care in the world, whereas he had all the potential in the world. He makes money. He looks great, but he would look even better with the world strap around him. He's not really in it for that. If he were, he wouldn't be going up against this up-and-comer. That's exactly what his opponent happens to be. So, no, he should not win. He's a nostalgic act, and it's really – to put the younger talent over. You know, he was part of the LWO, but he also wasn't. He was there to help sell the merchandise for the time it was there. So what does that really tell you? He's not ever really in it for the long run, but he can go and he's a natural. But, you know, a lot of these naturals, they're not going to outwork the guys who put in the work. So I think it makes more sense for Carlito to be put over. I also want to put out there that I'm a big Carlito fan, and I wish that weren't the damn case. But you know your guys, and you know what to expect. So I think hear a, he'll lose.
0: You're a realist here. You got to know what's up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, I mean, I might change my tune if he comes out to his old theme song. Mid-match, I might be like, all right, this guy, just for that alone, yeah. he's got to win. But Jesus Christ, I, it's. I think it's kind of,
1: I don't know. It's
0: overdone now.
1: The LWO is disbanded. There's not much for him to do other than put younger talent over unless he's going for the top title. He's already been IC champ. He doesn't have anything else to go for, but he's going after a guy who should be going for uh, mid card to higher level status. If he beats this guy, what is he really after? I don't think they have that much stock into Carlito other than he helps sell LWO shirts and that's over. So he should be over.
0: I hate to say it because I'm a fan of this individual. Um, he's. I feel like Carlito is going to kind of fall under the, the last few years of Dolph Ziggler type of status. Like he's, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, look,
1: man, look, and I mean it. They're both legends in my book. They both – Deserve better pushes. But you know, Dolph Ziggler actually had a world title. Dolph Ziggler actually wanted a world title. That's what separates the men from the boys. Carlito, he's not doing that. And he's not going to have that happen in Survivor Series. Some people still don't know who the hell he is. And the guys who do are guys like you and I who know better. Say, I don't know how the hell he's winning or what that's for, but that's not going to do anything in the future you got to think
0: about the future, man. Sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we've got up next the, the women's world titles being defended with Rhea Ripley, who I'm a huge fan of, um, and she'll be defending against Zoe Stark. And I feel like this is going to be sort of another, another one of those matches similarly to this will probably be the sec. I I'm going to predict right now, Santos and Carlito will be the second match of the night, but this match will be the second to last match of the night. They're, this is the second. Of, this is the second of the two buffers. But I hate saying that because Rhea's fantastic, and from a work rate perspective, Zoe Stark can go. She hasn't yet developed like that natural charisma and like a person, like like the human interaction, person to person connection with the fans yet. Um, but from a work rate perspective, this actually has potential to be a really good women's match. And I think the fact that they're putting this in front of a Chicago crowd, you're in the oh. ring with somebody like Rhea Ripley. This is like a, a real big showcase spot here for Zoe Stark to kind of win over with the casual audience. to Because she has potential to be, if she could like get that character down, she has potential to be a future, like uh, not only champion for the women's division, but an up-and-coming uh you know, mainstay for them in the future to build around once some of the other ladies such as Becky and Charlotte are gone. Um, <clears throat> as for who's going to win, it's no question here. I mean, Rhea Ripley's not dropping that thing. Hell, she might not even drop it at mania. I don't see I don't see any way that she's dropping this anytime soon. Rhea Ripley's uh, winning this match, but I'm excited to see what they can do from an in-ring perspective.
1: I would have to agree with that 100%. Ripley has to win it no matter what. Being that, you know, she has all the cards right now to sell merchandise like any of the guys, if not better. I don't see any of her opponents doing that. That's not a slight. That's just a fact of anyone who's up against her. And that includes the guys. I'm sorry. I I think that she's probably one of the top 10 recognizable faces in the WWE right now it's unwise to take the strap off her before mania so from a business perspective no matter what the match may be how it turns out she's gonna have to be the victor now that being said hopefully that hasn't gotten her head i will say this i have seen some matches where i was like "Mm, she's done better and then i said it again a week later "Mm, she's done better i don't know if she's preserving herself You know, you've seen some of the older guys do that. Hogan made a career out of that. I don't want to see her make a career out of that because at that point it starts becoming embarrassing being a fan. So she has had some amazing in-ring work. Survivor Series would be a nice place to actually show that. I want to see her show that, but ultimately, I think she's going to kick ass tonight. I don't know how long the match is going to be, though. Give her some time, she might make it a classic.
0: I'm hoping it's not a squash. That's another fear. I see them getting about nine minutes, maybe. I think so. Somewhere around nine. Because I think both War Games matches are getting at least like 40 to 45 minutes, I think.
1: It's a five-card. You know, five-match card. I can see it being anywhere down the road. She's just, man, she kind of has that China syndrome now. She has that China syndrome where she's becoming exactly... What you would expect, she's a Hollywood star, she could be a Hollywood star, it is, but I hope it isn't to the point where she thinks that she's a stone cold Steve Austin and needs to start making that amount of money because then they are gonna give her the boot and say go away. It hasn't gotten that far, but if she does win in a squash, that'll tell you everything, man. She's going to mania no matter what, she's going to mania with the belt. I just don't know how long this match is gonna be. My prediction is that it's a squash. I really? really do think. Wow. Yeah, I do. I think it's a squash, man. I hope not because talking- you said it. it's Chicago. She can honestly go. This could be an amazing match. But my main concern is that she just gets in there and it z-
0: <laughs> rolling. Like, I mean, what you, you, you might be right. I mean, yeah. honestly, for me, I mean, it seems kind of obvious endgame on the Raw women's division side. It's going to be her and Becky Lynch, I think, at Mania. I think that they have teased that in the past with, like, them facing, like crossing paths backstage and we never quite have gotten a match between them on the main roster so that's a money match because I mean what I mean in my eyes those are the two biggest draws in the main roster women's or just the women's division and right now right now I think her and I think Rhea and Becky Lynch are the two biggest draws right now I'd have to agree with that yeah
1: Becky can draw I think that's an amazing mania match Maybe we'll see a backstage segment. I was hoping for something around those lines. You may get that if the match is two minutes long, then there'll be time for something like that. But again, I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm about 75% sure that it's gonna be a squash, and then you may have some buildup afterward if there's time, but we'll see. Anything could happen. You're you're in Chicago, man. But they may allocate that time for a heel turn, or a return LSE and punk we'll see
0: well and then up next we've got which I hope this gets at least 15 minutes since we're talking about people having you know off nights or bringing their A games this guy is somebody who never has an off night seemingly always is on his A game we've got Gunter defending his intercontinental title against the Miz and For me, I mean, you've obviously been, you know, you've seen a lot of different iterations in your own right of the Intercontinental title over the years with Sean and even Jericho, Mr. Perfect. For me, and at least like recent, recently speaking of modern day, this feels like the battle of the two best Intercontinental champions in modern history um, in terms of guys that have elevated the belt in the last like probably decade and a half. miz we've seen is kind of like a tweener now which he's like yes. kind of floating between like heel and face but he's mo- he's like more face than heel but he still uses low blows and stuff so like there's an <laughs> element of there's like an element of like ah oh, you're a shithead but we still like you type of dynamic yeah. between him and the fans um they're like oh we saw you just kick this dude in the balls but we're just gonna kind of look over <laughs> it because we like <laughs> you uh you know you know we, we, yeah. you know, we we know you mean well, so we won't hold you against it. Um, I'll hold you to it. For me, I mean, this lead-up with the build, I don't know if you've seen any of the promo clips on oh, social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. The same way that Miz elevated LA Knight just a few months ago is the same way that he's elevated Gunter here because not we, we knew that Gunter could bring it from an in-ring perspective. I mean, if you told me he was the best wrestler in the world right now, I would not fight you on that argument. There's certainly some other guys as well offered you know consideration as well, but like we knew that already with him from an in ring perspective. What we've seen with Gunter taking that next step from a promo perspective with his mic work has just been like a sight to see because I don't think many people knew he had it like that on the mic, and he does like. In front of a, they were, the fans were even giving him like USA, USA chance, and he had a counter to that. It's not easy to handle a live audience in a promo battle with the Miz, and he's passed these tests with flying colors. So, and that seems to be sort of the barometer. Like, if you could kind of pass the Miz test, that's like our test to show, like, okay, you're ready for the main event level. We saw it with LA Knight. He has his feud with the Miz, jumps in the feud with Roman. We're seeing Gunter right here at the end of the year, feud with the Miz. I think that next step's gonna be one of the world titles, uh, hopefully at Mania or something, or somewhere soon down the road. Um, I've personally loved this feud, and I think that Gunter is gonna pull pull possibly, I don't want to say like the best match of Miz's career, but certainly one of the best matches that we're gonna see from a work rate perspective in uh Miz's career, I think. At Survivor Series, we're gonna see something very similar because when Miz wants to go, he will go. From a ring perspective, I think you're gonna see something from the Miz a la 2015 John Cena with that U.S. title run where he was pulling out moves that we, you know, weren't accustomed to seeing from Cena. I think we're gonna see something similar with the Miz here. I'm I'm like really excited for this match. I hope it gets at least 15 minutes because they could definitely produce something good. As for who I think is going to win and who I think should win, I think Gunther's got it, but I'm excited to see the finished product.
1: I think that it would be incredible to see if he didn't win. I don't see that happening, and I don't see how or why. I just can't believe some of the promos I've heard, you know, and to kind of piggyback off of what you just said, you know, if you're a worker that says everything, they'll sell you and you'll sell That's fine. Mm -hmm. If you know your strength is on the mic, okay, you'll be able to sell. You'll be able to be a top guy, but you got to be the best of the mic. It goes either way. He's never really shown us some mic skills, and he absolutely killed it. That's a problem for every single guy who's top notch on the mic. That's a problem for every single guy in the back, period. There's no reason now that Gunther cannot become a world champion after doing something like that. I think that this match has every writing the book to be in a Ms. DVD. I think it could be in there. I think that it's totally made the intercontinental championship better than it has in the past 20 years. I truly do mean that. Miz To me is the next Jericho. He pretty much is the next Jericho at this point. Um, He's already proven and done everything, and he's kind of Hollywood-esque, so he's not just a tweener in the WWE, but he's a tweener kind of in Hollywood, where he's here, there, and everywhere, so it doesn't really matter whether he's getting pinned tonight or finding a way to win. He's there to put somebody over. I think that he knows he has something special. He's brought out the best in this guy. Gunther knows that he needed to bring out the best because he's going up against a Hollywood star. He's not just Mike Mizanin anymore. He is the fucking Miz. And the Miz has not lost any step. That guy looks the same as he did during his debut, man. He's always going to look the same. That guy's like a vampire and he can go, man. So I think that it should be a 20-minute match at the very least, to be honest. Come on, man. These guys are the top-notch athletes. I compared him to Jericho for a reason. That guy, if he were trained in the dungeon, he would be that much better and fit in with those guys. He has got a passion for the business, and he knows that he's got a guy who's just as good as him, if not better. That's like putting Khabib up against Conor McGregor. That's what this looks like to me. So this is the crossover in the WWE. The right move, though, is to make Gunther win, and then ultimately he's got to win the Royal title after that Mike, man. After he showed his mic skills, that's a bad motherfucker right there.
0: I, I don't know what the, what the direction is going to be, like, because if he's—I mean, they could have him drop the IC title on an episode of Raw, like, in December, possibly, just to spice things up, but, like— yeah. I don't know. I mean, he. I would be all for him going into Mania as the Intercontinental Champion and then winning, yeah. the, you know, the world title, whatever, and then relinquishing the IC one after that. And then they hold, like, a yeah. tournament or something to decide the new—I I just don't—I think, like, immediate—like, for me, it's, like, kind of just they got to fast-track him at this point. Like, he, he's, he'd be like, him or LA Knight should win the Royal Rumble on the men's side, for my, you know, personal yeah. estimate. Um, I just don't know— like how and where things need to go to get to that point. But, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. Um, but, um, you know, obviously we got our main event now, which is the men's war games. We're going to have the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre versus, yeah. yeah, versus, you know, Team Cody, which is Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, Sammy Zayn, Seth Rollins, and Randy Orton. I'm actually really interested to see is Randy Orton, because he's recovering from a back injury. This is the first time we're going to see him. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that's going to look like in terms of like how they preserve him or how he goes about his offense, because as you know, the landing for the RKO, you got to take a bump on that back. So I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, you might I mean, I'm assuming he's going to hit at least one just, you know, it's the first time seeing him. You got a hot crowd. People are going to want it. So I'm assuming he'll hit at least one RKO, and maybe that'll be the finish or something. But I think you're going to see a lot more utilization, not only just from this show, but just going forward of uh, the punt kick to the skull. Yeah, I, think. I
1: was thinking that as you were saying that.
0: Yeah, you know you how like back man, you know how like before it was flipped, it was usually the punt. Kick was used sparingly and only like big moments. I think it's kind of going to flip now. I think he's going to start using the punt kick as more of his finishing move, and then the RKL will just get used in like big spots to kind of preserve his health because this was almost a career ending injury, dude. Well,
1: hopefully, we don't know the extent of his uh, back injury because back injuries are, they're like most problems with the human anatomy doctors don't really know if you can go or if you can come back they have a phd but they don't have your body right so the best thing to say is no don't do it you have daniel bryan who came back you have Edge who came back from far worse injuries to our knowledge you have this guy who had a severe back injury he's in his 40s how do you come back from that He's going to try to at least find out because he knows probably as well as we do. He doesn't know when he lands on it. It may be very telling. He may end up like Jeff Hardy, where he's going to have to alternate and land a little bit different and be careful, or he might do it and not let us know that, Hey, something's wrong. I'm numb from top to bottom, but I'm going to put my arms up and celebrate with the guys right now because it's survivor series. We really don't know, man. And that's the one thing that I get scared of watching it as a fan is when you have that mark in you come out, we're like, okay, I know I love this shit, but I love watching this guy and I know he's got a family. I know there's something wrong or worse when you don't know something's wrong and you know deep down this guy has had surgery after surgery. That's when the circus life hits you as a fan. You're like, oh man, I can't even enjoy it. I hope he retires. I don't wanna feel like that about Randy Orton, man, but you know what? It's his decision at the end of the day. He's a man, I'm sure his family, his wife is rooting for him. Let's hope he hits an RKO and um, it doesn't make him tingle from top to bottom. That being said, in my opinion, I think the good guys are gonna win. I think he is gonna have some interaction with Uso And I think it's good that um, McIntyre is actually a heel because that builds a rivalry between McIntyre and Orton. And it's the only way that I can see Orton work McIntyre right now is he needs to be carried in this kind of match. He knows he can't go one-on-one right now. God bless him, I don't want to see it. He's got to work his level, he's got to work his way back up and survivor series is traditional we just want to see you man we just want to see you one rko will tell us everything it won't at least tell you everything you know what i'm saying so that's my prediction i don't think he's gonna turn heel like everybody expects but ultimately randy likes to play heel because he feels it's in his blood so he's gonna do what he wants to do but i don't think he's gonna to turn tonight i don't think so
0: yeah, because think about it like this. I mean, like when, Ed, when Edge came back from his, you know, career-ending injury, he, when he was in the Judgment Day for that short stint that he was, nobody was, like, wanting to boo him. They're like, we no. witnessed you battle and like, tooth and nail for nine years just to even be able to, like, step in a ring again. Like, nobody wants to boo you, dude. And this is sort of like a similar, uh, you know, situation. Um I do agree with you that the baby babyfaces are going to win this match because, one, it's Orton's first match back. They're not going to let him be on the losing end of things. And two, I think that they're furthering this, uh, you know, kind of dissension with the Judgment Day. I think at some point similar to how we talked about with damage control, I think Damian Priest is going to be the odd man out. You know, he still holds that money in the bank contract, but I think... At some point, he's going to get screwed over by his own Judgment Day people out of jealousy. Um, and he's going to – I mean, I don't like failed cash-ins. I, I really don't. But for me, I feel like – I think we're going to see another one at this point. I don't know. I, like a month ago. <laughs> a month ago, I said that he would cash in successfully. But at this rate, man, seeing as how everything's trickled out, he's only got a year to cash that in. I think July is when that expires. Early July, seeing as how all these other guys in the pecking order—you've got your Seths, your Gunthers, your Cody's, Romans—I just don't see a world this close to these big events where Priest fits in there as like, you know, in the you know the main title scene. Like, I just unfortunately don't. Um, and that's not to say that I don't want him and I don't think that he could be in the future because I like the way he works. He's got a great look. It's just at this current juncture, I just don't see any like room for him uh, to kind of fit into that sort of main title picture scene at this moment. So I think probably what we're going to end up seeing happening is he's probably going to get screwed out of his, you know, cast and by his own group. And um, he'll probably end up going solo and turning face, I think. But he knows um, that
1: too though. He knows that too. Now, deep down, when you're on a a card and you you have a Randy Orton on there, and you have a Drew McIntyre on there. And you know for the past month, two months, three months, you've had this opportunity and it hasn't happened. You know, a month later is gonna be the same as the last month, the same as the last month, card after card. You're going to have all these guys. Where's the hype behind you being the guy? I haven't seen it, man. So I haven't seen reason for it until there is reason for it. I just see this being a bit of a bust because frankly, we're more occupied with tradition and what we want to see and seeing the guys come back and seeing what we want. I don't see anybody wanting to see a cash in. Make me a believer. Make me want to see it. At this point, I want to see Randy Orton. I want to see CM Punk. You know, I want to see heels turn and, and faces turn. I forget that the son of a bitch is the money in the bank. And that's not his fault. No, it's, it's writing. Fault. It's the writing and creating. That's writing. Make me a believer. Make me want to see it. Make me feel it. But you know what? He's still a group and the group is growing. That may be fine, but where does he stand? He needs to stand alone. I haven't seen it. He's a fantastic competitor, but I don't see past that. I love watching his matches, but I don't see past that either. Make me want to see you rather than see a Randy Orton or a CM Punk. I haven't talked about Money in the Bank, and he should be a potential threat. Not a threat. He's a maybe. Mm, Sure, that'd be cool. Mm, That's not enough, man. I want to pop. I want my ass to come out of my seat before I even think about you being Mr. Money in the Bank, your name itself should matter. How many people know who he is? No, man, they're going to be ordering Survivor Series. They're going to be with their families, not knowing every person, but they're going to know who the hell Randy Orton is. They're going to know, Mm -hmm. oh, I heard CM Punk. Is he coming? Yes, no, maybe so. Why not? This is your opportunity. It hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. It's got to happen, and it's got to happen in one of the big four. should happen in Rumble. If it doesn't, It's a boss because by Mania, the cards are already set.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like, to be completely honest with you. Um, It's kind of worth mentioning. um, They actually, Balor and Priest still do actually hold the tag titles, too, and they're going to be defending those tag titles tonight on SmackDown against the Street Profits. Um, Yeah. I think they're they're losing them. I think they're losing those tag titles tonight. I think that's going to be um used to continue to further like the Judgment Day essentially because they listen I, I I'm all for that group holding those titles and looking strong but those tag titles for quite a while now have been more of a prop and an accessory to the main event rather than titles themselves you got an entire division worth of talented teams such as the Street Profits such as you know the Brawley Brutes you got the Creed brothers now who got called up DIY with Gargano and Champa um, fucking hell pretty deadly They you know, you've got so many good teams in that division that are being held back because they don't have anything to fight for right now because those tag titles have been getting passed around to really just teams that are not real teams. And they're just kind of using them as props rather than like something like worth meaning for, you know what I'm saying? So I think they should drop those titles tonight, and I think that they ultimately will, whether it's clean, whether it's hell, the baby faces might come and cost them those tag titles to further the you know tension for tomorrow's war games. Either way, I, if I'm doing it, I think they should drop those tag titles tonight, and I think ultimately, I think they will, but it's more 50-50 for me, but I think that they will probably drop those tag titles tonight.
1: I'm hoping otherwise the other tag teams suffer the initial threat of falling into obscurity because right now all the tag teams which we've mentioned are not household names and they need to be if they're not by the end of the year at least two of them you fall under that category of being obscure much like the entire year of 1995. What, what person remembers any of those guys? <laughs> the gobbledygooker? The Brooklyn brawler? You don't want tag teams to fall under that category. That division actually means something. We already have a champion who doesn't show up on any card. You don't need another division falling into obscurity because of that. It, it's time to take the titles off. That's let, me
0: put, just, let me put things into perspective for you here. Considering your Tag champs are Monday night raw. Normally, I granted they're allowed to bounce from show to show because they have the unified tag titles, but primarily, primarily, they're a raw team. They mostly nine out of ten times they're on raw. Tonight is one of those rare nights where they're actually defending on SmackDown. For the past three weeks prior to this, not only has SmackDown not had your undisputed Universal Champion with Roman. You right. haven't had your US champion with Logan. And you haven't had a set of tag champs on SmackDown. Three weeks with not a single... oh, you've got your women's title, but from the from the males, you know, the male side of things, you have not had a single championship on that brand for three weeks. And that's your flat. that's probably now like more like your fl- I mean SmackDown's okay. kind of for me at least for views, too. Yeah, like Jesus Christ, dude, they got to get those tag titles off of them tonight and onto the Street Profits because now is probably your golden time with Roman away and Logan Paul here and in and out. If you'd spend all of December without your, you know, Roman won't be there most likely, Logan Paul will be in and out, you got an entire month to build your tag division with a set of titles there. I think that's, you know, the time to do it. Take the belts off of the Judgment Day tonight, put them on the street profits, and just let the tag division just showcase what they got for all the next month after this. That's what you got to do.
1: No matter what, I'm going to watch. Yeah. (laughs) At (laughs) the end of the day, I'm going to watch no matter what. But between you and I, I want to see more people on the show that make a show. And I want to see more people defending the damn belt because I need a storyline that makes sense. Because after a while, it just becomes filler, man. I don't know what's going on. If I just see people wrestling, it just becomes a filler. I don't need to see a filler. That's why back in the day, we used to have Sunday Night Heat or dark matches or house shows. The shows should make sense. I want to see the titles on the line. And I don't want to wonder, who is this guy when he comes out with the title?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, if in closing here, I got one more request. If we're going to see an RKO of any kind, I think now is the time for a guy to finally put their hands on Rhea Ripley tomorrow night. We've seen her kicking the shit out of all these other guys. Yeah. Let yeah. Orton hit an RKO on her. You know how you know how viral that would be. Like the pop that that yeah. would be. Well, dude, I mean you can go online and you can see how many times Austin
1: stunned China or Stacey Keebler or god half the roster at one point we used to have uh I don't know the last time they actually did it but we watched mixed tag teams you know women were more than willing to go man Trish and Lita not just China but Trish and Lita would go as well and they could hold their own they would get their asses kicked too But guess what? They would take it and dish it out. They don't give a shit whether it's win-lose or not. So, come on, man. Ripley getting hit with that RKO, maybe that'll shock people at first, but I think it should become habitual because she can fucking hit someone, dude. I'm going to tell you right now, if she were here right now, we wouldn't stand a chance. I would not feel sorry for her, dude. She can take it and she can dish it out. So I think it, I actually think it would go pretty well. He just needs to get her saving grace. By the way, he's more likely to hurt himself than hurt her these days. She At this that, point, too. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's yeah. an honor to take an RKO, by the way. <laughs> I think it's an honor <laughs> now.
0: Well, this was another fun edition of this uh, this podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited as you are uh to kind of see how this whole thing unfolds because last you know pay per view of the month or of the year um, yeah, so you know kind of an you know we've all got our you know we've all got our kind of things that we like and don't like, but I think collectively, whether or not somebody does or doesn't show up tomorrow, somebody doesn't win or not win tomorrow, I think collectively we should kind of take the good with the bad tomorrow and kind of enjoy. You know, what has otherwise been for me, probably the best year of wrestling. If I'm encapsulating the entire year, I think it's been the best and most successful year of wrestling in probably since like at least like the early 2000s.
1: Yeah, it's been really good, actually. I have to say that. I've gotten back into it quite a bit. I'll always be a fan, but there's always better years, better decades. Something that'll resonate, something where you're going to go, I'm embarrassed. But Mm -hmm. overall, as a year, I've been very satisfied with the Triple H version, the Triple H product. At the end of the day, he's the boss, he's at fault, and he's the one to praise. So this incarnation of WWE has been in its infancy, mind you, and doing pretty well under his tutelage, if you will. So I look forward to more years under Paul Levesque on Hearst Helmsley. He's the man.
0: Well, so something to get you hyped up for is probably the next time you and I are be doing something like this, we'll be covering and looking ahead into the Royal Rumble. So if that's if that's not something to get you kind of getting the, the hairs on your uh, arms standing up and goosebumps, then I don't know what will because that's, per, for me at least, like, that's really, like, my, uh, you know, thing that gets me going. Like, mania is also, you know, a spectacle. Oh, yeah. Like, but for me, like the Royal Rumble is like the one that really gets me, like the goosebumps, the the butterflies going. That's really yeah.
1: the random entrance, and yeah. then also have the legends. Mm-hmm. You have the women now; they have their own. It's always evolving. This is what separates. Gimmicks from tradition. So, Pat Patterson, RIP, the guy was a fucking genius. He came up with it and it made sense. And that's what I mean, man. You got to make sense in this circus. Otherwise, it's just a gimmick that can die out. Mm -hmm. So, Royal Rumble, it's always going to be a classic. And Survivor Series is part of that same lineage, that Big Four. So, I look forward to this evolution, if you will, this trifecta, because you have Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and then mania so these next few months i'm always a happy camper watching but i'm also going to bitch a lot you're gonna hear a lot of that too <laughs> as, a camp, as a mark yeah there's gonna be plenty to bitch about <laughs>
0: yeah. oh man well all right man i'll let you go now uh it was a pleasure chatting with you again as always i look forward to the next one
1: very much so you take care thank you so much bud
0: all right man peace out